Hey, welcome. I'm Mitch Reynolds, Lacrosse Talk PM on WYZM. News Talk, 1410 AM, 923 FM. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon. Uh, you can do so on the Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line at 608 785 That's the Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line. Call in or text in. Either way, you get in on the show and can take part in the conversation. 608-785-7914. Getting all set up here. Rick's bringing in the water. It's like a party, kind of. More so today because we have lacrosse fire chief Ken Gilliam in the studio with us. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Happy to be here. Hey, when you... Oh, you'll have to get a little Yeah, closer. happy to be here. Yeah, everybody. you get in there. Okay, there we go. Um, when you... when you I don't know. What did you drive down here? What did I drive? Yeah, what, what thing a did you... A car. You just drove your car? Yeah, I didn't bring the fire truck. Sorry. Oh, okay. Maybe right. next time. Yeah, well, I, this is one of the things that I wonder about because you're, you know, you kind of have to be always on the clock, sort of. Um, don't you just have like a red car that you, like your fire no. chief car? No. Really? No. Not a red car. I have a silver car. Hmm. It's not very attractive. Yeah. So I got to work on that. Is that like a, is that a police department leftover? Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. I, right. I'm new, remember? I'm yeah. still trying to figure it all out, so... <laughs> I feel like they get more cars. You get more. You get the, the big, expensive, shiny trucks, but they they get more cars than you do for sure. Yeah, they do. So Although you got all those that inspect. What's it like? You you guys operate inspections and have for a while now. It's been a couple of years um, before you got here. As a matter of fact, right? Is that what's it? What's it like having uh, a department of, of firefighters and then a department of not firefighters that are that are wired differently? What is what's that? What's that? How do you? What's the how, how was there a different management style with those two different kinds of people? I, I don't know about management style. I think as you manage people, you know, you, you treat them good and you take care of your employees and their needs mm-hmm. uh, and just support them in, in the jobs they're doing. Uh, really, as I've been coming in, it, kind of the dust was settling on that whole merger, the building yeah. inspectors and everything. Um, one of the focuses I've been doing over this past year is really making sure that everybody feels like they're part of a big team. It's not fire. It's not building inspectors. You know, we're all working for the city and it's supporting each other. Ultimately the, the inspection division, they have the same goals as the firefighters. That's, you know, life safety goals. And it's a good fit. That's been a good merger actually. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you ever invite them down and, you know, come like, come hang out and do fire stuff? Um, I, I, I swing through a lot. I've been, yeah, I I wander through their area and they're out roaming around the city. So I, you know, I I stop and chat anytime I can. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, I I think, uh, certainly looking for opportunities. It's, it's two different groups of people, certainly with their focus, but, uh, you know, they're all city employees. It's no different than anybody else that works at at your employer. You you treat them as good people. Uh, which, yeah, I like that as a philosophy. So I don't know if you want to stop by the front office there. I'm sure everybody here treats you fairly, Mitch, and takes care of you. So. They actually, they just put up with me. That's really what it comes down to. Me too. They, I know. We, the general manager would just waits for the next person to call and and um, and voice their uh, displeasure. Uh, so it, the 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 one of the questions that we fielded um, a couple times, and I don't think I've ever asked you this, is that, or maybe I have. I don't know. Uh, the inspection department they have they get these trucks that that they they look like fire department trucks. Are they ever, does anybody ever flag them down and say, my garage is burning down? Uh, they did early on. Uh, one of the things I changed, that was actually, uh, they had fire department on them, and it was causing some confusion because if a person was having a medical emergency or, yeah. or a situation, uh, they were actually being approached, and uh, many of them are not EMTs or outfitted for medical emergencies. So uh, we did do uh, some early, uh, one of my early decisions was on stickers. We actually got some of the trucks relabeled, so they say clearly, you know, fire or building inspections, and uh, just to 
turn it a little bit there so people aren't getting confused. So same organization, but different focus. Has there ever, ever been a desire to, to move away from the classic red fire truck and maybe more into the fluorescent green? Nah, they've uh, really? they've kind of debunked the whole safety of yellow and green, and uh, you know you can see your refle- your reflection in red. I like red trucks, so okay, you're you're a classic red traditional red guy. Yeah, I like I like using science when we need it, but you know the red looks really good. Wait, so, so the whole fluorescent green thing was based on some sort of science about? I think it was a visual thing. They thought they'd be more bright huh, or something, really? but. Uh, yeah, with the warning devices nowadays, with all the LED technology, the the lights are almost getting too bright. So we're now we're having to like tone them down when we're stopped on freeways, <laughs> so we're not causing additional accidents because people are blinded by them. So it's you know no good deed goes unpunished. But yeah, no lacrosse fire sticking with the the red trucks. We like them. So. Speaking of which, so I'm in Menards the other day, and I don't know how often you have like house projects, but I'm constantly oh, yeah. in Menards. It's like a constant place for for me to go, and it's I just it drives me nuts. I know, but the thing is, I could tell people where to go because I. You know, in the store. If Wait, this all falls apart, you could yeah, work at Menards. Well, right? I could just point to them where, you know, where yeah. whatever plumbing thing is. Um, but I was in, I was looking at trouble lights. Uh, and they have LED trouble lights now, which are a ridiculous amount yeah. of money. They're like $80 for a trouble light, which makes, it's our work light, I think. Painful. Or, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's, a, it's sure, too it's a good money. trouble light. I don't want to But you can, te- well, you can test them when you're in, in the store. <laughs> And so I, I did that, and it's this LED light, and it, it just, it, I, f- I couldn't see for at least 30 seconds, because it, sh- it went, I hit the light, and it, I didn't know which one it was going to turn on. Well, it happened to turn on the one that I was looking at, in my, and so it went right in my, I couldn't see for 30 seconds. There should be a warning on that. You might want to get down there and talk to them about that. Look into it. Okay. That's danger inspection. Uh, <laughs> Lacrosse Fire Chief Ken Gilliam in the studio with us. If you have questions or comments, use the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. At 608-785-7914, do you have a complaint line at the fire department? Uh, 911 typically works. Okay. Otherwise, yeah, everything's on the website. So if I'm not ever available, dial 911. Somebody in one of those red trucks will show up and take care of whatever the problem is. It's, it's a good deal. <laughs> that is pretty good. It yeah. works out pretty well. But is it, uh, in terms of, um, I, I'm thinking, I guess, more long lines of inspection. Do you have a, is there a complaint line for people who are, um, or if you, if they got, because I, I, people will send me anonymous letters with pictures of boats in their yards and things like sure. that. Do you get, do you have some place where you, people can go and, and complain about their neighbors? Um, yeah, certainly. Uh, I think it's called Q alert in the city. People can okay. take pictures and send things in that's filtered to all the different departments. Um, I'll, yeah, a lot of the residential stuff, it's just solely driven on complaints of, you know, your other neighbors. So, uh, my, my first response is always, if your neighbor's bugging, you go knock on their door and introduce yourself and maybe have a conversation. But, you know, at a certain point it is the city's responsibility to step in and act on complaints and, Unfortunately, so you're an unfortunately I get to manage that. I guess you're an advocate for uh, interacting with your neighbors, huh? Yeah, I am. Huh? Weird. Be neighborly. Yeah, that yeah. seems actually like that works yeah. pretty well sometimes. Getting right. to know your neighbors. Yeah. Absolutely. They don't. They don't always do the things that you would like them to do. Unfortunately, but. you have to get to know them to understand if you like them or not. You know? right. Once you don't, once you know them once and don't like them, them, then it's then you can start taking pictures of the boat in the yard. But uh, you got to give them a fair chance, man. All right. If you'd like to join us here on the air, 608-785-7914. We'll, we'll uh, reset and get to some uh, serious questioning here. I mean, that, that's coming up. Don't think that I'm going to let this thing slide with him just evading questions here. I'm, I'm going to get to some serious questions with Lacrosse's Fire Chief, Ken Gilliam. That's coming up right after this. You'll take the keys, so they're not going anywhere. It's supervised. At least you know where they're at. You can make all the excuses you want. The legal drinking age is still 21. 
I'm Mitch Reynolds, Lacrosse Talk PM on WIZM News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Thanks for riding along here this afternoon and uh, this evening in the studio with Lacrosse Fire Chief Ken Gilliam. If you'd like to uh, add something into the program, do so on the Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line at 608-785-7914-785-7914. Also on Facebook and Twitter, and you could send me an email, Mitch at 1410WIZM.com. We're talking about communications here off the air a little bit. One of the things that I've, I'm curious about... Um, you have uh, multiple fire stations. Is there is there like a um, when you when you communicate between fire stations? Do you do so on the radio, or do you do that on with just phones, or how do you? What's the what's the way that you connect to your fire stations? Um, well, be, via phone. Okay. I mean, truck to truck, we're in the radios typically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All Tele- right. Just... Telephone's still around. We haven't replaced it. You yet. have a telephone still. We do. Oh, that's yes. weird. All right. Are you, do you ever get frustrated when somebody doesn't pick up at the? <laughs> At Fire Station 4? Uh, Pick up possi- the phone! Possible that they might be out on a call. Ah, uh, there is that. Yeah. So. All right. They are busy. They do stay busy. Well, I want to talk about fire stations a little bit because as you as you have been working on this very steadily, uh, the, the work that you inherited is uh, planning for the future for La Crosse Fire Department. And, and part of that planning is is developing a strategy for where to put new fire stations where whether to have new fire stations where to put them what to do there's already been something that's been voted on by the, on this by the city council a plan moving forward um, but I know there's more work to do on that so where where are you at along in that process right now Ken sure uh, mayor Cabot had put together a task force um, I stepped into that early on uh, the city council really hasn't voted on doing anything other than they accepted this task force's yeah, the report. recommendation. Yeah, um, we're still looking at four stations versus five um, and, and optimal opportunities. I guess I, I think it's it's a it's a as we start to move into it, it's a bigger discussion though. Um, we've got neighboring agencies that have their own dynamics of things moving, and um, you know, as, as we're working with Shelby or on Alaska, I want to make sure we don't both build a fire station across the street from each other over by the mall or something that would not be good planning. So it certainly is we're staring at maps. It's also looking at the neighboring jurisdictions and, uh, and making sure we're being smart there. And then internally, um, you know, we're dealing with some dynamics. It's, it's really, we've got to keep our, our operational budget pretty much stagnant with the amount of employees we have as if we were to add a fifth building, we've got to reshuffle some staff. And so we're, we're taking a good hard look at that. And uh, fortunately we have time, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm trying to be cautious about it because we're really looking at, what the next 50 to 75 years is going to inherit on the decisions we make here over the next three to five years. Well, and the next 50 to 70 years, I mean, that's, that's, you're not kidding there because you have the, the newest fire stations you have are 50 years old. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, mm-hmm. uh, when we talk about a fifth, potentially fifth fire station, for those of you keeping track, there are four currently right now, Correct. right? Yes, okay. sir. So, and so the, uh, the task force that looked at fire stations, I, I think they recommended five, didn't they? Yeah, there was a pretty strong voice yeah. for a fifth station uh, down towards the south end of town. That's where the growth is going to be at. And uh, looking at the, the data of call volumes and the different impacts, it's not just necessarily road miles. It's the railroad crossings. It's it's the the uh, the number of 911 calls. Obviously, the downtown area is going to have more impact on call volume versus the outlying areas. So you start weighing all these things against each other and ultimately aiming to get a, a rig to uh, the scene of any incident from a station to a house within the national goal of four minutes or less. Okay. And how important is it then to coordinate when well, you talked about, um, well, Campbell Shelby, I think, um, uh, on Alaska, I, I don't know who else there is to coordinate with, but I mean, when you start to coordinate with these other agencies, because 
I would think that if 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 they're within three minutes, that you could maybe push your trucks out a little farther or something like I don't know because you you guys work together, right? I mean, what's how important is is it to have those conversations? Uh, it, it's critical, um, and we are working together. Coming into this job, I did reach out early on to all the neighboring uh, fire chiefs. I hit most of them. I think La Crescent is in the mix. West Salem's close by. Uh, sure. Stoddard Burgeon down south. Um, uh, we are all part of a, a group called a mutual aid box alarm system, um, and I'm trying to get that thing a little bit more up to the forefront. We're having a meeting on that in a couple of weeks, just to kind of relook at things uh, so that we're not different entities aren't driving past each other as they're going to help someone else. Um, I think historically, back 20, 30 years ago, there were decisions made, and uh, we're still kind of mending some fences and, and, and working that. I think there's a lot of great things happening around the country, too, with the uh, with the advent of GPS and uh, computers in the rigs. Uh, a lot of cities are going to a closest unit dispatch, and uh, it'll literally, whether wherever your station's at, if, if you're the closest rig or, you know, if, if on Alaska's over by the mall and their rig and we're further away, it'll peg the closest unit to get mm, them there okay. to deal with it. It's still the authority having jurisdiction that's responsible for that call, but it's it's about getting trained responders to a to a scene of an emergency quickly. And and that's that's the key is to is is to do that. And you talked about the history and and um, this sense that this is our territory and that's your territory. That what you mentioned before parochialism. How tough is it to get to get past that and say we're all in this together and we're here to save lives? Yeah, I, I think um, I, I I'm certainly happy. Lacrosse has great pride in its fire department. I think all those other cities I've mentioned they have great fi- pride in their fire department. Um, I don't think anybody with their house on fire cares what the sticker on the side of the truck says though. So um, th- there have been successful. Uh, Anything from automatic aid to fire districts to regionalized fire departments out to the expanse of a county or larger around the country, uh, that takes a lot of work and effort and people talking. I think, uh, if anything, I've just been encouraging our neighbors that as opportunities arise, that La Crosse Fire is open to having that discussion. By no means I want it to seem like big brothers coming in to take over anything. But uh, I think we're willing to work collaboratively. Um, I think there's different uh, levels of... uh, training and experience with different organizations. We've certainly got more full-time on. Uh, we're surrounded, as, as you move out into more rural areas, by a more predominantly volunteer or paid-on-call yeah, type right. of setup. Yeah. And uh, that'll, you know, it'll look different. It'll look different for lacrosse. It would look different for whoever wants to play with us. But I think uh, you know, being good stewards to uh, the stakeholders that have all of us there in the first place, it's, we should really be sitting down at the table and at least exploring the opportunities if it doesn't work out, that's great. We say we tried, but I, I think there's there's some wins out there to be had if people just come to the table and want to look at it. Lacrosse Talk PM on WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds in the studio today with uh, Fire Chief Lacrosse Fire Chief Ken Gilliam. If you have questions or comments, give us a call or uh, send us a text at 608-785-7914. On the phone now with Justin. Justin, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Yeah, you stole my conversation. Good job, guys. <laughs> no, I was I was going to ask about, yeah, the mall area and if you guys had jurisdiction and it's in the sea lacrosse, it sounds like it, and just the collaboration or communication conversations you're having. And you answered a lot of the questions or things that I would think about. But I think um, ultimately, yeah, when we start talking about tax dollars and taxpayers, that's when people get emotional. They don't, like... Residents of each city don't want to be paying for the services of the other, and, and I think that's where things get really, um, uh, I won't say nasty, but really uh, complicated. Mm-hmm. But I, the comment about the GPS equipment, 
I think that might be a great place to start in getting more collaboration going, finding municipalities and departments to uh, to get at least that system in place. Because that way, let's say Onalaska is out doing a, a fire call out in um, uh, Green's Coulee, and so they can't really get to some of the houses over by the mall, but you have a closer unit that can respond. That collaboration, I think we can work out the, the, the payment details after the fact, but... Um, at the at the end of the day, nobody when their house is on fire, we'll deal with billing later, right? Yeah. We we want to just save people's lives and houses, right? I, I mean that, that and I I would imagine and Justin, you don't you you live outside of La Crosse? Yeah, so I was also going to make a comment like <laughs> yesterday too. Uh, we had a bunch of people that live outside the city of La Crosse worried about a property in La Crosse, which I thought was ironic and funny, but. Uh, this, I guess, I can tie myself into this because if we're talking collaboration here with uh, outside municipalities too. But yes, I live outside of the city. Okay, and you don't you don't care if the city of La Crosse Fire Department shows up and your house is burning, right? No, I don't. Okay, yeah, I, 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 you know, I think that I, most. I don't people... want I don't want the stupidity of the building to prevent if La Crosse can respond to my house fire sooner yep. because on Alaska is busy with something else just because of the circumstances. I don't want that to be the holdup, right? right? So we got to make sure we got response. Response times is the only thing that we really care about when it comes to fire and rescue got metrics, it. really, right? I mean, I, I think that makes sense. Justin, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. I mean, pretty much reiterating what, what you just said. It doesn't matter. Like, send a fire truck. Right. Even if it's even if it's green. Right. No, yeah, we'll take a... It's got water and put a fire out. I'll take a green truck. The um, And that's fine. The I, I think the other piece of it, and he touched on some of it, is um, as we're responding mutual aid, as, as we're working towards automatic aid, as we're working towards this kind of bigger picture conversation, yeah. um, it, that's just it. I, I've made all the area fire departments and cities know that if they need us, they're going to call us. There's no charge, so we can come and help. Um, we'll probably give more than we ever receive, but I think that's important just because we got, you know, a 50 to 100-year head start on some of the other towns around here. They, they've built off of La Crosse. So, um, so as, as that happens, we respond out of the city, and now the, the citizens of La Crosse are kind of starting to offset some costs because we're a more expensive fire department yeah. just out of sheer size. So uh, eventually, as I go out to do a good deed, Somebody within the city will be like, are, are you supplementing the, you know, the taxpayers of this town? And, right. and that's really up to the politicians. I, I, I think, uh, spe- you know, I can't speak for any of the other area fire chiefs, but in our conversations, I think our main goal is, uh, is helping people. Um, I, I, you know, I'll turn it back over to the political table on, you know, the cost analysis and what that costs. Again, I think it would be good to get everybody to the table to at least explore the, the big what if question and see where it goes. Do you think there are cost efficiencies if you can coordinate with even even though Campbell Campbell has green trucks, if you coordinate with 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 them and coordinate with Shelby and coordinate with I don't know La Crescent or something like that, the more coordination, do you believe that there's more efficiencies and costs decrease, or because the city of La Crosse is involved, the cost actually will increase for those communities? That's what we need to get together and look at. Oh, okay. I, you know, I'm, I think there's third-party analysts out there that could come in and give a neutral opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, yeah, other towns being worried about picking up Lacrosse's labor costs. Flip side is, is um, prior to my time here, even since I've been here, 
Uh, there are instances where uh, departments are calling for help from mutual aid agencies. They're literally driving past one of our manned fire stations, and we're not being called to that incident. Um, I've had very clear discussions with all the area fire chiefs. I think that's stopping now. I think uh, we're working much more collaboratively. But uh, in years past, if you talk to some of my officers and firefighters that have been around for 20 and 30 years, they've all got stories, and, and some of them are pretty extreme, of where, um, you know, we're not invited to this incident, and, uh, you know, we've literally got fire trucks screaming through the center of town to get over to help another neighbor. And, and we're sitting in our stations with full-time staff on duty. And, and that's just, that's wow. just a tragedy when yeah. that stuff happens. I, I think um, you've got some younger fire chiefs in place. Now I think we're all talking. and I think there's some great things happening now. I'm hoping the public will kind of rally around that movement and, you know, reach out to your council people, ask them, are, are we engaging in this discussion that's happening kind of all over the place right now? Well, there is, and we'll we'll get more into this uh, coming up here shortly. We've got to get get to the newsroom, but obviously there is a dynamic at play at, in the village of Holman and um, well, the Holman Area Fire Department and uh, on Alaska with the two fire chiefs leaving. There is a dynamic in play where there's there's possibility of of new conversations, new new, you know, with with people coming in. You, you, I mean, a bunch of new guys sitting around a table and, and, and stepping away from the past and saying, now what can we achieve here, right? Is there there's something to that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I believe so. All right. Well, we'll get back to that conversation with Lacrosse Fire Chief uh, Ken Gilliam. I do have some comments online. We'll get to those and your calls, too, on the Better Hearing Center. Talk and text line at 608-785-7914. 785-7914. More to come. Stick around. Midwest Family Entertainment. Back in the day, everybody did the... Welcome back. I'm Mitch Reynolds. The Crosstalk PM on WIZM News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Uh, thanks for riding along here this afternoon and this evening. We've got uh, Lacrosse Fire Chief Ken Gilliam in the studio. Originally, he came in to shut us down, but I convinced him to come on the air and talk with us instead. Um, and that's a well... <laughs> the engineers are in the back going, no, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, 608-785-7914 is a better hearing center talk and text line if you'd like to uh, weigh in. Uh, we do have, um, I'm going to skip one of these. Uh, this is a question from a listener. It says, why is there a $50 charge per building inspection and where does that money go? There's, there's actually different charges and it, and it depends on kind of the, the process and, and the building. But is, there is a, um, let's answer the where does the money go because it, the why is, it's, sure. It's a huge question, but the, what, where does the money go? Again, uh, a lot of dynamics, and I am new here, so I've been on a hard uh, history lesson for the past nine months since getting here. Um, um, a number of years back, uh, a mayor previous, uh, Mayor Cabot, had a challenge to uh, reduce taxes, mm -hmm. and uh, the building inspection division actually uh, covers itself with the revenues they make off of those uh, those charges. Um, so they, they were actually working at a little bit of a gain each year that actually kind of crosses over to help with the fire department costs as well. So um, in lieu of your taxes going up and everybody covering that, uh, each individual business, and it's on a it's on a scale. I can't quote things off the top of my head. I know $50 is the minimum. So, Yeah, the, the uh, fee schedule is available online on the city's website if you'd like to look at it and make your eyes bleed. Um, yeah. Do that. It's It goes on for – it's lengthy. Let's just put it that way. It's There's a lot there, so – Feel free, cityoflacrosse.org. There's lots of information there. Uh, 608-785-7914, if you have questions. We were talking a little while ago about 
the ideas, the concepts of merging services between fire departments or among fire departments. And uh, I know that that's, that's certainly been part of the conversation. When, when, when the town of Campbell, I mean, they're going through this process right now, but when, you know, they, when they really started to talk about buying a new pumper truck for a half million dollars, did you pick up the phone? Did you talk to him? Um, I talk to Chief Melby regularly. Okay. Um, not specifically about that engine. I have seen the engine they're trying to replace. It, it's darn old, so um, I, won't, I won't argue with them focusing solely on their operation that, yeah, it's time to replace that rig. It's, it's probably unsafe and doesn't meet the needs anymore. Now, I, probably, I know you probably don't want to divulge like private conversations or negotiations or anything, but has the idea of sharing or signing an agreement, kind of like what you did with the town of Madari, has that come up? Uh, not with Campbell, no. Okay. Do you think it should? Um, I, I would come to the table if somebody wanted to have that conversation. I, I'm pretty new here. I'm tiptoeing through a landmine field of uh, a lot of towns all cohabitating together here. I, I, I appreciate the history, and, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, again, I'm open to an, a study on it. I'm open to meet with whoever wants to meet with me about where are collaborative opportunities to ultimately save us all money but also better protect us all. You did, and you mentioned this before, you uh, – You've come into this community, and there's a, there's a lot of history of strife <laughs> at times, depending on the situation. But uh, you've inherited a situation where there there have been hurt feelings over the past generations, and and those and those memories linger for whatever reason. Uh, is that is that one of the so if you one it's one thing to have a rational discussion about cost. Right and sharing services. It's another to have that conversation, but also have to remind people that you're not the same fire chief that was here 30 years ago. These aren't the same. You know, these are different times. Is it is it difficult to have that conversation? Uh, it's not difficult to have the conversation. I'm I'm a different fire chief than 30 years ago, and there'll be a different fire chief 30 years from now. It's kind of right in line with the uh, with the fire station discussion, with the fire engine discussion. Um, you know, the question is: Are we duplicating apparatus? Are we um, are we building fire stations a mile apart from each other as currently exists? Sure. Um, is, is there better ways that we should at least be sharing notes on what's going on so that we don't accidentally do dumb things? Um, you know, if, if independent villages, towns, and cities want their own thing, that's cool. And then we can work through mutual aid and, and other things, too. I think it's getting those questions that have been lingering around for longer than you've been around, Mitch. And yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's just, you know. But, See, but there's a, there's a trust, people there, align and you know there's we'll, a trust factor here, isn't there? Isn't oh, there? Yeah, it's absolutely. all about trust. Absolutely. Like we don't we don't necessarily the people in the town of Shelby or those at least who are making decisions who are are interested in the decisions that are being made don't necessarily trust what the city of La Crosse is up to. Yeah, and that that happened well before I got here. So I'm just again, um, I'm not trying to offend anybody. Um, you know, I don't want to get into an annexation debate and the cost of taxes when you cross over some imaginary line down one road into a cul-de-sac and the town changes twice over. Um, I think people have an expectation of, of, of service when they're in need of a, of a fire truck, of a medical unit, of a police car. Um, I think collaboratively, even if everybody stayed independent, there are success stories around the nation where we're getting around those things and, and working together. I think uh, in the Phoenix area back in the early 80s, um, Chief Alan Brunacini down there, he, uh, and he's uh, kind of the godfather of the fire service, but um, they went to a no boundaries dispatching. Uh, back then it was unheard of. You know, they were, 
it was it was going to cause you know babies to die and stuff but it was literally no and he said he, he was like no just we're going to do it and we're not even going to track it and you know we'll look at it over a hundred year time span because lacrosse is bigger right now but you, as you look at the population growth yeah. you know someday Holman or West Salem that they could be thriving metropolises and you know no boundaries dispatch what is that a no boundaries dispatch it, it comes back to technology it's it's getting the closest rig um, okay. it, certainly as you as you look at the situation with Campbell and Shelby and even on Alaska we share common borders any given house on a map is going to be closer to the other you know and um somebody may be four or five minutes away from my station uh but a minute or two away from the other station that enters into the dynamics so we're uh we've got full-time staff on so it's not that time of a volunteer coming into the station and then heading back out again Mm -hmm. um so are there advantages there I think even as you look at uh, the volunteer recruitment issues that a lot of the uh, departments are having around the state, around the nation, um, you know, oftentimes uh, both uh, spouses are working. Uh, there's, you know, they're working two jobs. Sometimes people don't, just don't have the time to give volunteering. And uh, God bless those that do. I started as a volunteer firefighter. I totally get it. Um, but I think uh, they certainly have bigger troubles during the daytime, you know, when yeah. everybody's at work. Right. So are there ways that... Uh, we could benefit together by us picking up some of that high traffic volume and and saving those paid on calls and volunteers for when we really need them on a bigger scope. There have been times when lacrosse has and eventually will again be exceed their capacity to respond to emergencies. So we rely on those neighbors as well on our strategic plans and whatnot. So I think uh, the biggest thing is, like I said, just not not keep track of it too much. Let the politicians figure out what the the cost for fire protection per house should be. And then I think it would be beneficial to everybody in this whole county if, if there was at least some expectation of what was showing up at your front door as far as training and qualifications for that individual showing up. Hmm. It, ideally. Lacrosse Fire Chief Ken Gilliam in the studio with us. If you have questions or comments, it's 608-785-7914. That's the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about the, the plans for the future, new fire stations, uh, or moving fire stations, whatever the situation is. I mean, and I don't know, that hasn't been, nothing set in stone yet. They haven't given me any money yet. No, no. They haven't given, yeah. So I was going to ask you that. <laughs> what what sort of money, at, at what point, um, you know, is it, I know we, there was a number that went out at one point, I think it was $28 million or something that like that. That was for the whole kit and caboodle yeah. on a kind of a snapshot of sure. maybe. But yeah. is there, did somebody, it has, uh, the mayor recommended, you know, stick within the $20 million parameter or anything like that? Or what's, what, what, what sort of number do you have? I mean, you can't, because if you could play, you could say, you know, you can work with any number, yep. then, then th- that changes how you have to plan, right? So what, what's the number you have to work with? Um, realistically, a, a fire station, a, a properly functioning fire station, uh, not a metal building designed for 20 years, but a, a brick and mortar building that's going to last that 75-year goal that we're kind of talking as a as a foundation of a neighborhood uh I think uh, we're we're anywhere in the range of you know three and a half to seven and a half million dollars. It really depends on the number of people working there, uh, the number of apparatus and you know equipment stored there, and the different needs. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's an investment, but as you look at it over that you know fifty to seventy year span, that's one of the things we're looking at is how can we how can we span that out so that the future generations benefiting from it. It isn't all on the backs of everybody right now. I think another thing that we're looking heavily at is uh, partnerships. I've had a number of. Uh, uh, area stakeholders reach out to me just on initial talks, but um, I think a lot of there's a lot of public design going on now where you know lacrosse is growing up. So if we're going to have a fire station, could we put student housing on top of it? Could we put business in front of it? Could we do some other things mm-hmm. and and collaborate on that and let some of that tax revenue 
help fund the public facilities that are ultimately coming right back around the corner and helping the people in those buildings and stuff. So there's some great things happening all over the place. Uh, Planning Director Jason Gilman and I are, are working on that, uh, looking at a lot of things all over the country that have worked. And uh, Jason knows that world a lot better. You get him in here to talk about it, and he'd be much more eloquent than me on it. So, so um, and you just actually said this, lacrosse is growing up. I, I'm, I, I look around at the, the landscape, and the, and I don't, know how the fire department now was how it was planned or who planned what it was supposed to be now or if there was really any comprehensive planning that went on but it's certainly that the number of buildings that have additional floors is is much greater than it was 20 years ago does that add stress to the department does that change how you plan for buying apparatus or or training Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think um, as as you look at, at at the high rises that are starting to develop downtown, and, yeah. and really, you know, any I, I call high rise anything over four or five stories. As you start moving upwards, it's a whole other tactical shift. It's very manpower uh, manpower heavy to attack a fire on the tenth or fifteenth floor of a building. Uh, we use a different uh, larger diameter hose, a lightweight larger diameter hose, uh, and it's teams of people connecting to standpipes. Uh, that's where that whole that matrix come in. Uh, the the National Fire Protection Association has a standard out there for both career and volunteer entities that within X amount of time you're going to have 14 to 15 people just at a residential house uh, to adequately do all the functions you need to do to get that fire put out on a timely basis. As you put that house up, you know, 30 stories into the sky and stack a bunch of other houses around it. It's such a much larger scope that now that 15 becomes 30, 45, and that's where that that kind of working with our neighbors. If we've got a high-rise fire in La Crosse, uh, we're adequately set up to deal with that initially. But if it turns into something more for whatever reason, then mm-hmm. we're going to definitely need some backup, not to mention the other emergency calls that are still coming in all over town. So, And that can happen. All right, 608-785-7914, your opportunity to uh, ask questions of the fire chief or uh, make comments as well. Don't forget that he uh, is also the chief of inspections. Just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick has <laughs> a um, has had uh, some really brilliant ideas over the the past few years, um, and one of them involves uh, the lacrosse center and uh, the fire department. And I, I'll ask, I'll let Rick, uh, Rick um, share this idea with you. Yeah, lay it see, on me. See what you think about this. All right, so you guys want to build. Well, a couple of new fire departments, I think. I don't know what the status is of the one that's just down the road here. What is that on Market Street? Yeah, yeah, Fifth and Market. Is that one? That's like Are we the... going to have to get rid of that one, or uh, that? There's some salvage potential there. Uh, you know, as as you look to build new buildings, it's that dynamic of when when I plant a station down south, how does that overlapping occur? Um, you know, it's there's this kind of a domino effect if if we pull something too far away because. To build a fifth station, I can't just put 12 more bodies in there with another fire engine. I've got to take existing staffing and spread it out further. Well, the, now, so. I don't know if you've heard, the Lacrosse Center wants to spend $49 million. 49 I did hear something did about that. Did you hear something yeah. about that? Okay. Now, I don't know how much money you guys have for a new fire station, but what if you less. just latched they have, they have less money. a little bit less, less than money that than, for yeah. fire stuff? For I mean, fire that's stuff. not like fire beer and darts tournament. Yeah. So no. I, I see where you, you think we could team Well, up? I think 2nd Street is a good outlet to yeah. get north and south in the city. Here's, right? here's, here's the bummer. If you draw a circle around the lacrosse center, half of it's underwater. <laughs> and a good place to uh, maybe do some water saving, like yeah, you, you know, put a boat boats. dock there. Got, we're gonna build a we're gonna build a, right a harbor right yeah. there instead of in, under the center, maybe. 
Um, um, I, I certainly but, but talked to. But you could to, uh, get in on this forty-nine million dollar money. Just get in on it a little bit. No, I, I talked to Art. I kind of half that. half serious, half joking. I talked to Art, the director over there, and you know, I said, "Hey, can we jack a fire station in the corner of this thing somewhere? Uh, you know, nobody even noticed I was there, probably. Make and, sure and that would be office. awesome. Except for that's not where our call volumes at. Uh-huh. Um, actually, that fifth and market, and a little bit between that fifth and market location, and kind of down towards Gunderson Hospital, um, that that neighborhood, that area, certainly uh, has a spike in call volume for both police, fire, and EMS. Um, I think having a, a footholder over a little bit closer to that neighborhood with public facilities for police and fire is certainly a benefit to those but, people that are in that neighborhood trying to we rehab those make, houses. We want to make that fire station a children's museum or a lacrosse museum because uh, children mean, love sliding down the fire pole. Right. I think. We don't so, let so kids slide down the fire pole. Not not now, but when it's a museum, then oh, it, then it will be. Wait, Maybe. so you so if kids want to come in there and do a tour, you won't let them slide down the fire pole? No. That's, have you ever this? looked down the, the length of a fire pole? Uh, you guys can come in and look down, see if you'd let your kids slide down. Firefighters have died on fire poles over the generations. Well, so no, I'm not going to let a kid slide they down They were half asleep. Pole. They were still sleeping when they're sliding down the fire pole. You guys get woken up at 2 o'clock in the morning to go fight a fire. Yeah. No. Well, could Rick go slide down a fire pole? Talk to me later. How much <laughs> How much Fortnite are you guys playing on your laptops? <laughs> I don't even know that's what Fortnite not, is, buddy. Sorry. That's not. Oh, that's. This is how we get into trouble. This is how yeah, we no, get into trouble. Chief Tisher and I are buddies. I heard about the laptop conversation. <laughs> but, like, but you guys, for, for you the guys record, on, for the record, know. we we have laptops in our rigs. No, uh, but, we're not playing video games. Are you guys playing video either, games so. in the station? Like, are no. other competitions like no. that? In there? No. Nothing. No. What do you guys do? Sorry. Play pool? What do you um, guys do for recreation? You know, we have a ride-along program. You're certainly welcome to sign up and come ride the rigs. The guys are working out. Uh, they train all day long. Um, I think just like you guys. I play volleyball with Kevin. Yeah, so. You know, it's, uh, yeah, come on over and do a ride-along. Check it out. I did invite you, you guys to you know, I, just ride a rig and see what they and do every not day. not slide down the pole. Okay. okay. Probably not. All right, well, there was our, that's Rick's big idea is to put you in a lacrosse center. And I know, you know, speaking It'd of, probably be a darn nice fire station. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's certainly we're looking at it. I think uh, the, the problem is it's on the edge of the city. You know, I think yeah, all the right. computer modeling is pushing the stations a little bit more towards center because we want that coverage both directions towards the bluff and towards the river. So, Do you, um, you know, there's, we have the two boats, right? Still it's two boats, right? The fire department? Yeah, yeah we have okay. two boats. And there's one north and one south. Is there? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do well, sp- one's one's a pretty heavy duty boat. The other is like a little boat. It's, yeah. Yeah, and I think I've been on the it's the jet boat, right? That's the heavy duty one. Yeah, we actually just replaced that. Not oh, too did long. you really? Yeah, it's oh, got wow. a prop on it now. Nice boat, similar size though. Yeah. Oh, what? Oh, okay, because the jet boat was pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was fun. We should get you out on the new one. I would love. It's to summer. Do that. It's coming soon. Yeah, so. I I was out on the on the jet boat when you when that first came in. That was just that's a fantastic yeah. machine. Yeah. But all right, well, cool. I think yeah, you, will be you, up for auction soon? Maybe so. Do you still have to? Do you still have to drag the boat down to the water to put it in? Uh, yeah, we do trailer the boats. We actually looked with the new marina going in. Yeah, um, We've got some dedicated space for parking uh, mm-hmm. the boats there from uh, Emergency Services County and, you know, city. Um, uh, we looked at storing a boat there in the boathouse in between, uh, you know, DNR regulations on boathouses, but also just the security aspects of having a boat sitting there not being monitored. Yeah, right. it, you know, is is that equipment reliable when you need it for an emergency? Uh, for the headaches, it's it's almost quicker just to trailer it and drop it in. I, it was funny because Rick was talking about video games here a little while ago, and I'm I'm wondering um, there are. And I, I don't know if you I don't watch TV at all, but I know there's a number of shows that are related to firefighting 
that's it's something like Chicago Fire 101 or yeah. something. I don't know. Do you ever do you ever see those and think, oh my gosh? Because I know police when police watch police shows, they just they like slap their forehead yeah, because no, it's so it's stupid. Bad. Is yeah, it is are they really bad or just kind of bad? It's pretty darn bad. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> is there anything that's particularly egregious that jumps out at you? Is like that is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. You know, it's just it's sensational and it's uh, yeah. it, it paints a bad picture. A lot of those shows, I think, you know, there's certainly shows out there. I won't cast you know a hundred percent blanket. Um, because I don't watch much TV either, yeah. but uh, you know you'll catch those things, and it's just it's not realistic. You know, you it, it's like Hollywood's done kind of a disservice to things like fire sprinklers. A guy lights a lighter under one, and the entire building floods. That's not true. You know, it, it's just dumb things like that. Uh, you see, you know, constant spoofs on airbags going off five minutes after a car is wrecked, and it's a little pillow that puffs in your face, and you know, you, you see that, and I, there's people out there that think that that's real, and it's not. So, that's and then funny I, because then a poor a... guy like you makes a, just an innocent joke about you know a cop playing video games on his uh, squad car computer, and um, yep. you know it's it's not true. Yep. So no, yeah, it was really not not being serious at all. Um, it's funny because there was a moment of awareness when you said that with the with the lighter and the sprinkler, and I I thought, oh my gosh, I really believed that. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's no. Not... If one sprinkler head goes, yeah. that's the only sprinkler head that goes. I mean, it's huh? Unless the heat overrides that sprinkler, and then the next one next to it pops, and there's a science behind it. But no, this whole building wouldn't flood if one sprinkler head popped. So that's really good to know. That is good to know. Yeah. Is there um, speaking of sprinklers and just in and and two minutes that we have left. Um, I don't know if I've asked you this before, but you know, there's been a movement about, there's been a push, and we're probably, it's it's not latching on so much now, but there was a movement or a push to have sprinklers be mandated in single-family homes and, you know, that type of thing as well. Do you think that that's, is, is that important, do you believe, or would you would you advocate for that as well? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Would absolutely. You? Yeah, as you, as you look at the science on it, um, the builders are going to pass it on to the homeowners. There's a slight increase, and I'm not going to quote any prices because I sure. didn't come prepared to talk about that. Um, residential sprinklers work. Uh, if you have a bedroom fire, mm-hmm. a sprinkler system in that bedroom will put that bedroom fire out before the rest of the house is on fire. Yeah. Uh, as you look at as you look at the stresses even, and we get back to that, the fire department staffing, as you head out more rural and more rural, and you think about it, at a certain point in time, a town is small enough that it can't afford a full-time career fire department, fine. That's even more the need for a, a sprinkler system when there's going to be a known delay in a fire department getting there. Yeah. Um, Lacrosse, you got you know pretty good response times here. We're here in a, you know, a minute to four minutes, and um, we've got the right amount of people showing up to put a fire out. You're, you're living a little bit further out, and you know sprinkler systems are really buying you time for the fire department to get there and, and finish the job. So, have you responded to a fire in Madera yet? Uh, no fires. A okay. few medicals. A few medicals. Okay. Uh, I don't. I, I. I hope we never have to go to Madera for a fire. Just for the record, just I don't want anybody's stuff to burn. It's pretty bad. I mean, it's it's awful. It's one of the, my biggest fears. So it's I can't. Every time I see somebody. A story about a fire. Uh, the other day, there was one on 19th um, on West Avenue. Yeah, yeah, we had like four or five last week. It was, it was, it was, as, yeah, it was a bad week. Bad mm, week. Yeah, not good. Uh, Ken, appreciate it. Thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Ken Gilliam, lacrosse fire chief. He'll be back. Maybe. <laughs> I'll be back. Anytime. <laughs> and we'll, I will be back after this. 608-785-7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air, 785-7914. This is Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. You're listening to Lacrosse Talk PM on WYZ.
Welcome back. I'm Mitch Reynolds. The Crosstalk PM on WIZM News Talk, 1410 AM, 923 FM. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening. This hour brought to you by Pearl Street Brewery in La Crosse, by the way. I uh, strongly encourage you to download the free Pearl Street Brewery app, which Drew is doing right now as he's getting ready for the news. Over there, downloading the app. It's quick, it's easy, and Drew will get all of the Pearl Street Brewery updates, including where events are happening, the next beer to drop at Pearl Street Brewery. Um, Man, it's endless, and it's a lot. It's really, really cool. So do it. It's free. It's free, and there's a lot of good information there. Uh, The Better Hearing Center talk and text line is 608-785-7914. You can use that to join us here on the air. Uh, Either call in or text in. Either way, you get in on the show at 608-785-7914. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. You can send me an email, Mitch at 1410wizm.com. Facebook Live, yep, that too. All of that. Uh, a, we just talked with lacrosse fire chief, uh, Ken Gilliam was stopped by for a little while. Talk about the future of uh, the fire department a little bit in terms of, um, the new fire stations and, um, the, uh, 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 the, uh, the coordinating with other fire departments like the town of Campbell, town of Shelby and city of Alaska and village of Holman. I, it's, it's interesting to me that. When, and and I, I understand when you live in a, a little town, you want your own little town's fire department, and you want your own little town fire trucks, and you know you want your own stuff. I get it, totally understand that. But I it it almost makes zero sense to me in an area with of Lacrosse County that when you have like the population areas, the populated areas are so very close together. The largest population areas are in the village of Homeland, the city of Onalaska, and the city of La Crosse. Those are the largest population areas. Those areas are so close together. And if you add the town of Shelby, which is really kind of the back porch of La Crosse, you add all those together, you got the largest population areas in La Crosse County. And there's you're paying three different professionals to be fire chief. I just it may I don't even know what the situation is in the town of Shelby. I'm not sure if that's a I don't know how that I think it's an on call thing, if I'm not mistaken. I just, it doesn't make any sense to do that with the population, the size of the populations that you're serving. It's like 80,000 people. You got three fire chiefs for 80,000 people. What are you doing? So it would make sense for everybody to sit down at the table and go, hey, we got all these trucks sitting around that we're not using. Um, Can we, everybody get together and just like have a fire department that, works for everybody and uh, maybe we don't have to have all these uh, fire chiefs and trucks. So 608-785-794 if you'd like to join us here on the air. Also a place that might have its own fire station someday. Riverside North, the old mobile oil site, master developer named for that project today. Blair Williams is the president of Wired Properties and made his presentation in Lacrosse City Hall today. He's been named as a developer it's an interesting, I, I, I'm waiting to, I don't have the development agreement in my hand just yet. I'm hoping that comes yet today. I'm a little disappointed that I don't have it. But at any rate, um, I don't entirely know how this is going to work money-wise. But for the time being, 
the redevelopment authority in La Crosse will continue to own that property while it's being developed, is my understanding. So we'll take a take a stab at that, see if we can get some more information about that coming up. 608-785-7914, 785-7914. Immediately, I got a message today, by the way, because we tweeted out that the, the redevelopment was happening, or the developer had been picked, and immediately somebody sent me a message that said there should be a casino there. if you'd like to join us here on the air 785-7914 I think we have some uh, possibly some rain coming in uh, tonight yep chance of showers tonight flood warning is still in effect heavy rain expected tonight down to 53 for a low it's where the lacrosse area finds out what's happening it's wisdom news WYZM is news talk 1410 AM 92.3 FM Lacrosse Talk PM on WIZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds, and um, your calls and comments coming up after this word about Bion Service Center on Jackson Street in Lacrosse. So I'm in City Hall today, and someone comes up to me and says, I love those ads that you do for Bion's. Like, really? Like, yeah, I go to Bion's too. I'm like, of course, that's, of course you do. <laughs> I expect everybody does. And the person I was talking to says, no, it's, it's, it's amazing the service they have. I just, he said, I just don't trust anybody else. I just don't trust anybody else. And I thought, you know what? You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And that's that's the biggest thing. And I remember when I first went to Bion Service Center, the reason why, now it wasn't the very first time, but the first time I went to get some serious service, actually, it turned out to be, I was getting tires. And it occurred to me when it, it occurred to me at that moment that it was a different kind of place because I I I got frustrated at someplace else that I went to, a tire place. Because I'd, 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 I'd uh, arranged to have tires put on my car there, and then my wife went in, and they wound up giving, slapping all sorts of extra charges on there. And I said, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going to go pick up the car. And I called Bions. And it was the best process to go and get tires at Bions Service Center. Randy helped me through that process, and I've been going there ever since, and it's been fantastic. Um, and trust is a major part of it. So... Just like that uh, person I was talking to in City Hall today. It's really about the trust and you feel good that you've been treated well when you leave Bion Service Center. That's why they're my mechanic for life and why I tell people all the time, the only place on the cross, I'll take my cars for repairs, service, and maintenance. Bion Service Center. Just go there and tell them Mitch Reynolds. There's too many of you to cry. The Crosstalk PM on WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening. This hour brought to you by Pearl Street Brewery in La Crosse. 608-785-7914. 785-7914. Also on Facebook or Twitter, you can send me an e- email, Mitch at 1410WYZM.com. But the Better Hearing Center talk and text line works pretty well. So... Uh, let's see. Yeah, you know, I just I'm I haven't been able to get through this development agreement. I do have a, a development agreement. Um, that is uh is signed today. It is successfully signed today. A development agreement for Riverside North, the old mobile oil site. It's 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 amazing to me. What's stunning to me is that actually has been. There's actually a developer now. It is, it's been, I mean, longer than I've been here in, in lacrosse, longer than I've been in lacrosse, this thing has been in the works. 
It is it predates not the the current city planner, but the former city planner Larry Kirch. It predates him. It goes back beyond him. We're going back into the old Ron Bracegirdle days. That's how long this thing has been in the works. I mean, and it's been fights with ExxonMobil. It's been, uh, uh, you know, acquisition of property, sometimes hurt feelings. The, uh, you know, grabbing this chunk of land and that chunk of land, putting it all together. I think the entire thing is, I want to say 65 acres. The, the amount that they can develop, because a lot of it's just, it's wetlands, essentially. A lot of what they can develop is about 26. It's 25.71, we're told. That's the amount of land that they can develop, which is not a lot if you're talking about a cornfield. But if you're talking about a tract of land in the middle of a city on a river, it is absolutely huge. And that's exactly what it is. 25.71 acres is, um, is what is uh, going to be developed there at Riverside North. And development agreement uh, today signed with uh, Blair, um, not sorry, Blair Williams is the president of uh, Wired Properties. And um, they're working with, uh, so they're the developer. There's also an architect, engineer, and, and an engineer that are all being, um, all being paid. And there's, it's, the development agreement is, is complicated, but it's there's a I think there's a monthly retainer of several thousand dollars and then there's like a you know commission kind of based it's 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 complex it really is but to be just to be clear there is there is now someone that is um going to be in in charge essentially of creating stuff there like houses and stuff <laughs> even know what it's going to be well the thing is and this is interesting because like four years ago if you'll remember it was there's this whole process where uh the city invited people to come and sit down and talk about what they think would be great there so there was like this it was if you remember it was called the charrette process and so all these people got together and they and they they brainstormed some ideas and they're talking about like commercial space and retail space and housing and all this kind of stuff and that's basically what it turned out to be let's do this and put all this stuff over here and and we'll make this cool place and, and that has been essentially the plan or the rough plan for this over the years. And it, that's kind of sort of what it still is. However, there is, there is a sense that it, it, there may be some adjustments here and there along the way. So I don't know how much that will change. It's really difficult to say. I think that they're just at the beginning of this process of figuring out, okay, now what we do, do we do next? But there, now there is one developer, one developer in place to do that entire stretch of land. Um, so I mentioned earlier that somebody sent me a message as soon as we tweeted this out, somebody sent me a message and said there should be a casino that goes there. Uh, and I had, we've had conversations before with people who are really critical about the entire process and, and you know, they, they can't figure out why it is that this property, like so many others, the city just, just doesn't say here, here's, here's this giant chunk of land. Now put something on it. Or not, or just here, here's this piece of land. And um, I think, I, and I think the criticism, the, the uh, implied criticism there is that the city doesn't know what the hell to do. 
the city of lacrosse doesn't know how to develop land, right? But I also think that with within City Hall, there's a sense that we got to get this right. And they believe that the plans that they're, the comprehensive plan that they're going to put together for this property with this master developer is a better way, a planned area is somehow better than just selling it off chunk by chunk by chunk by chunk. Instead of just putting it on the market and saying, you know, come buy this and and do whatever, or buying or selling it off by lot or selling it off by section or selling it off in any kind of way and just letting the market take over and private enterprise decide what's best for that, City Hall has determined that the best path forward is one that involves a comprehensive plan. The best path forward is one that involves City Hall being in the mix of deciding what's best to do for that property. And and, and certainly that has been why, in some ways, this has taken as long as it has because they don't want to screw it up. And they don't and they don't want specifically, they don't want private enterprise to be deciding how that should move forward. Yes, Rick. I mean, if they just let private enterprise take over, it's gonna be quick trip car washes left and right, right? <laughs> it's gonna be one giant quick, quick trip. trip car wash. Maybe a headquarters, ice factory, I don't know. It could be an ice factory. Oh, they have one of those already. Yeah, but they'll move it. To the into town. Industrial area. I think that without a I mean, the train doesn't go through there anymore, does it? You need a train for ice. I feel like you need a train. I feel like you need to have a train there. If you're industrial, don't you need to have a train? I don't know. (laughs) Trains are obsolete. We don't use trains anymore. Maybe Quick Trip doesn't need trains. Like the brewery needs a train. They got to have a train that goes through there. But but the city just wants $140,000 houses there, right? It's essentially what it wants. I think they want probably slightly more. Expensive houses. Right, it's on the river. So, And not, can can they put stipulations that you can't rent them out? They got to be like single family homes. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) Non-rentals. If that's what they're going to, if they want to control this stuff, like, hey, for the next X years, you got to have, this house has got to be owned by a person living in it or I don't know, something like that. Isn't that what it's, that isn't that what it's going to be? That it seems like the most logical path forward for the city based on what we know about how the city likes to control growth and development is that there are going to be those stipulations that there can only be a certain level of i don't know multiple family dwelling apartment styles but there's got to be you know there's got to be certain levels of of ownership or something like that i mean that's going to be part of the stipulation i would i would have to believe that that's part of it i don't know if that's like that's not again my my brief so the the development agreement just today became public so I've been briefly scanning it, and I don't see where that's in there. But I can't believe that you know you you're going to hand over the keys to this area of the city that's the biggest chunk of the area in, in the city that you're ever going to develop, and it's next to the Black River, and next to downtown, and you've been working on it for decades. I can't believe you just hand the keys over and say, yeah, you know, we'll trust you. Just just take just make some stuff. My guess is is that in City Hall that it's going to be less of that and more of, um, and we want this percentage of single family homes and we want this percentage of commercial real estate and this commercial this percentage of retail and 
These are the percentages that we want. We may want to make sure that we have this level of property value. Uh, this, the density of property value has to be right. The level of, you know, it's all going to be, I, I wouldn't say tightly controlled because that's why they get a master developer to do that for them. But I think there's going to be percentages. There's going to be stipulations. It's going to be requirements in place. I, you got to believe that. Yes. Did the city just do that on the pike? Is that is that city property over there? Oh, you mean uh, right off the bridge there? Yeah, like right just beyond, what is that, well, Pettibone or across be, from Pettibone? Yeah, all that had to be approved by the city, yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. So kind of the same deal, right? We're just going to put really, really expensive condos in there? Yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to be quite like that, no. I don't think it's, that's that's a slightly different, um, yeah, that's, I don't, mm, it's marketed a little bit differently right across the river. I mean, it is, it's right it's just north of downtown. I think it's going to be more of a, you know, people living there and, and, you know, just kind of, I don't know, I probably ideally walking or biking to work. I mean, <laughs> we should just really extend Oktoberfest grounds there, right? <laughs> like they, we need more Oktoberfest grounds. We got to have more Oktoberfest grounds. And we could extend the Oktoberfest grounds the other way too, right? Because there's a dilapidated building that's been sitting there forever that just They're sits there. They're working on it. They're working on it. They're doing work. They're working on it. All right. Well, I, I do have to do a little more work on, on going through this development agreement, seeing exactly, but there's a lot of zeros. I can tell you that. My my initial scanning of this uh, is that there's a ton of zeros and a lot of commas. So there's a lot of value requirements. Um, uh, and I mean, big, big dollars. Um, and it's, it's incentive-based. So the the master developer will be paid a certain amount at the point where it's the thing is valued at 110 million dollars the master developer will get paid um at another amount once it exceeds 137 million dollars there's there's places once they get past once they get to certain measurables then they get paid more money and uh, you know it's, so it's very incentive laden there is a, I think there's a, there's a monthly, a monthly management charge. I think if I'm, if I'm reading this correctly, but it's, it's definitely going to be, um, uh, again, very comprehensively planned, not private enterprise, private market, ca- catch as catch can. This is going to be tightly controlled, tightly planned. 608-785-7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air, 785-7914. More to come. Stick around. You're listening to the Titan of Talk. Mitch Reynolds and Lacrosse Talk PM continue after this. Your bathroom never looked better. You must have compact At a big box store. Welcome back. I'm Mitch Reynolds. 608-785-7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air, 785-7914. The Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line. This hour brought to you by Pearl Street Brewery and Lacrosse. What's your judge voice again, Rick? Give me that. It's not my judge voice. It's well, my it yelling was... at the judge voice. Oh, that, right. This judge needs to go. Okay. okay. Like, that's the angry yelling at the judge voice. Yeah. Okay. That's Facebook comment judge voice. What is the Judges. story again? Tell me the story. I don't remember the story. It's a kid... This happened a while ago, right? And so it was just a bunch of people that were angry about. Do we know? Do we even know what the story is? I th- okay, just based on the little bit I know, one guy stole some stuff from another guy. Okay, this is lacrosse, right? Like yeah. Northside. 
the guy whose stuff got stolen yeah. had maybe like his friend that's a girl okay. lure original dude that stole stuff. <laughs> hey, can you Kai, come outside? Let's go hey, for a walk let's together. Let's go for a walk together. And then they grabbed him and threw him in a van what, what and voice? went back to his apartment where they stole the stuff yeah. and stole their stuff back right. and punched the dude and maybe punched <laughs> him some more. I don't know how much they beat the crap out of the guy, but... All right. So this, it's people luring people on the street, punching people, stealing stuff. Basically. Stealing their stuff back from right. the guy that right. originally stole the and what stuff. And what did the woman who lured the guy out on the street, what did she sound like? Well, she sounded like, you want to go for a walk with me? But it was a, I think she lured him on Facebook, so I don't. I think that's how you would read it if you're reading your Facebook message. I think you would. Yeah, that's exactly how you would read it. So she, she lured him out for a walk. And, and then, then so gets... this kid had a role in that. He's 20 years old and... Um, and I'm, I'm sure everyone that commented on Facebook that says Judge Levine needs to go was was in the courtroom that listened to this like all entire right, right. entire uh, hearing, so, right? All right. So the guy who was driving the van uh, that drag they dragged the kid, he's the one that got sentenced to probation. Is that no, right? no, the kid that like he punched the kid in the van. Oh wait, so the, the not the driver. The driver's hearing is later, which will be much more serious. Oh, the puncher. We got yeah. a puncher. The one that was punching. Yeah, oh, the puncher got his stuff stolen. This, my let's say I'm the puncher wow. that got a year probation. Right. My stuff got stolen, so I went and stole my stuff back from the kid that stole it okay. and punched the dude in the face. Okay. Hey, you stole my stuff! Right. Boom! All right. And Levine's like, "Hey, you can't take the law in your own hands. Call the police if dude stole your stuff. Right? You get a year probation. Do we need to lock this guy up for the rest of his life because he?" Went and stole his stuff right, back so, from a dude. So the online comments we're getting is that the judges are soft because the guy who wanted to get his stuff back. Levine and- again. Rich <laughs> Levine. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> There's so many exclamation points. <laughs> uh, okay. Actually, that literally is a comment. Levine again. Go figure. No exclamation points. Though, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. No punctuation at all. I, I'm starting. I'm getting lost here. So, are we talking about there's four people all together in the van? There's the puncher, the driver, and the their woman. Age and, ranges are like okay. 45 to this dude, 20 year old. Okay, so it's how weird. Old, how old was the woman who lured the 20 year old, or the, the 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 victim? I guess the the, the stuff stealer slash victim, or whatever he is. Uh, well, how old was she that who lured him out on the street? I gotta he, scroll down. All right. Trying to get to the bottom of this here. Do I know how old? I don't know if I know how old oh, she okay. is. I remember look reading that and being like, okay. Because because that happened a year ago, so I yeah. I didn't know if she had a birthday in between then okay. and now, so I didn't put her age in the story. <laughs> All right, But so her but name not... is like Alexis Oja or something like okay, that. Okay, so well, we're not talking about a bunch of like 20 and 21-year-olds. We got, we got a whole age range. We got a 20-year-old who, you know, maybe asked... Some forty-five-year-old guy that has a van. To, can I? Hey, can we're gonna? Can this we dude stole my stuff. If I give you, I don't know. I don't know how it went down. Did the guy steal? Did, did the guy who got punched in the nose? Did he actually? Had he actually stolen the stuff? I mean, he must have because the stuff was at his place, right? So the 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 girl that did the luring, obviously not forty. She was eighteen. Okay, so, right. I mean, the that luring. Makes sense. For, all right. Here here's what here's what I say, and I and you know. And, Obviously, Judge Levine's been taking it on the chin this week, being the, the assistant police chief wants to recall him. Uh, but if if you if someone steals your stuff, you obviously go punch him in the nose and take your stuff back. How is that? 
And they held him up with an airsoft pellet gun or something. There was an airsoft pellet gun involved. Wait, who held who up with it? There was a a pellet gun involved. Not exactly sure how that was. You should never use a pellet gun. Don't ever use a pellet gun. Yeah, go big or go home. Yeah, that's just, it's just, you're being stupid if you're doing that. It's silly. That was found in inside the it's car. Still, it's still. Con- I think it's still considered armed robbery if you have a pellet gun. Or first of all. maybe the gun was the pellet gun was stolen. I uh, mean, it could be that too. Like the kid could have stolen the pellet gun originally. Yeah. So I'm going to go get my airsoft gun back. Yeah, I think that most people would be incensed. I, most of the people probably that are commenting on the probation thing and Judge Elliot Veen would be incensed. If they were charged for getting their stuff back. Yeah. If your neighbor like stole your bike, right? Yeah. And then you saw in his garage the next day and he's like just getting on the bike to yeah. leave his garage. You, you punch doing? him right in the face punch and grab him right your bike in the nose back. and take your bike back. 50 years in prison. Come on, Judge <laughs> Levine. At least. Death penalty. Yep. Cut your hands off. Cut something. your hands off. Yeah. Dude steals your bike, especially if it's like, you know, a nice bike. You definitely, you punch your neighbor in the nose and take your bike back. That's justice. I mean, right what there. happens if you're... What do you need the police for in that regard? What? You're basically well, saving I... the police work right there. <laughs> well, that's what I was you're just going to say. Because like... you're recovering your stuff. You're punching the guy in the nose. He doesn't even have to go through the court system. You're taking care of the whole thing right there. <laughs> the, the guy is the guy is literally like coming out of your bike, and you're like, well, Judge Levine said I can't take matters in my own hands. I better call the police. I and better... then what? You start running down the street chasing the I'm guy. I'm still following He's him. He's on 2nd and Cass Street. If you're a victim, you're a victim. You got to take you got I you have to get out there and vigilante justice. Vigilante justice. <laughs> you're saving police work right there. That's what you're doing. You're saving them some work. Unless you and, and, kidnap him in an SUV. Yeah, you don't want to. Do yeah, then that might be a little bit going over the over the top a little bit. But you're not you know, they don't have to be see what you know what's their biggest problem? Revolving door of justice, right? There is no revolving door of justice if you just punch the dude in the nose. It's you. It's done. It's done. It's over. You got your stuff back. The guy got a punch in the nose. End of story. And How much money do taxpayers spend on these people in court? A lot of money for no reason. Stole his bike and his JBL speaker, apparently. Oh, well, now we're talking. One of those U-booms? Yeah, I think so. Those are man. nice. You seen those? I have yeah, one. I have one. Man, those are nice. That's a nice sound. That really Don't f- wash it in the washing machine. It'll the still work, but the volume doesn't work after that. Turns off. Also, uh, in, uh, on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line, listener says it was saves room in the bike barn because it's not a bike that has is stolen and has to be recovered. You just you go and you punch your neighbor in the nose and you take your bike back. That's people. People have our side on this one. I think some people, not the people that are angry at Judge Levine, but I mean, five years for the guy that let his daughter die, probably not. A ton, but I wasn't in the trial, and I don't know the guy, and right. I don't know, right. you know, honestly, like, I think part of the the thinking there when, when dude sees, okay, well, his daughter died, and five years in prison, he gets to think about that. That might be punishment enough. The next time we have uh, lacrosse fire chief Ken Gilliam in the studio, like we had last hour, we need to ask him these questions. <laughs> What's the right thing to do? Because we we, know. we can get his Facebook comment impersonations too. Like how right. how would he read these? Right. I think I think that it, we we know what police are going to say. Right. Police are going to say no. Don't take matters into your own hands. But will the fire chief say something different? 
I mean, that's something that we should probably find out. He probably would say, he would say, don't burn that guy's house down. Like, he, don't he take your bike yeah. and JBL speaker back and then throw a match into the, you know, living room carpet. Yeah, but he might, he might very well say punching the dude in the nose is the right thing to do. Those are the things we should ask him in the I future. think off the record, a couple of cops might say that too. <laughs> they won't. No, I've had not. stuff stolen no, from me not. and they would I never have say that. They would never say that. <laughs> they are going to tell you that you need to call police and not take matters into your own hands. I'm going to turn your mic off. Unless you're in the back alley. Okay. I might have had a cop say that to me once. Oh, We're never getting out of the doghouse. It's never going to happen. Ever. Uh, there are other things out there, by the way. 608-785-7914 if you'd like to join us here on the air on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. 608-785-7914. Vigilante justice is not right, damn it. Don't take matters into your own hands and punch people in the nose and take back your own stuff. We're not advocating for that in any kind of way. Are we, Rick? Well, I mean, if you watch Batman, obviously he has a fight with the police all the time about this, so... Yeah, they don't want him to be. I think there's... The police don't like... There's a lot of police that don't like Batman. It's usually the assistant chief. The the head chief's got like the secret backdoor deal with yeah. the, with Batman up because on the roof. Because he knows how important he is. I mean, it's weird. He, ha- he does turn the light on to call Batman. But the assistant chief always has a problem with Batman's oh, yeah. vigilante justice. We're getting into another bad area here. <laughs> bat area? What did you say? A bad area. Bad area. It's a bad area. It's a bad area. A bad, we, we, didn't we have a superhero around here at some point? Yeah, what was his name? Did he get locked up? Eric from Sparta, I remember his name. Um, um, I, I Force? No. <laughs> it was. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Volt Man? Voltage Meter? You're getting there. Electric Man? Electron. Elect, elect, electron? Yeah. That was his name? Yeah. I think so. Whatever happened to him? What electron, to electron crime fighter or nuisance that's the, that's the true headline <laughs> i you know what if i was a if I was a young guy like drew i would so get out there and be a, a superhero crime fighter you get yourself some uh i'm looking at a picture of electron now electron did He's we got... talk, did we talk to him at some point no i don't think so no. right. we just never got around to it and now he's gone and now he's not now we don't have him anymore he even wore like uh so he's like got knee pads on and then yeah. shin pads like a I think they're um like a catcher's yeah, like shin a, pad like a, shin knee pad like a, combo like he was skateboarding or something and then he's got kind of a hockey mask right and then shoulder like helmets on he's got little helmets on his shoulder look like little fireman doll helmets from here on the better hearing center talking text line Greg says uh, police are just protecting their business vigilante justice is patriotic so. <laughs> Now we're in the same corner as Greg. Dang it. Is that Greg loose? It is. Oh, boy. It is. This is two days in a row I've been in Greg's corner. Yep. Vigilante justice. I, and I, although have, have you ever actually gone into the vigilante justice mode? In anything? Like, have you ever actually gone after, grabbed some stuff and beat somebody up? No, because I don't think I'm very good at the fighting. Okay. I'm not very good at the fighting. (laughs) I can't do it really well. It's been like seventh grade since I punched a kid, so. I, and I left hand punched him for some reason. It's the only time I punched him. Because you were probably jabbing. And just went, psh, psh. he threw a snow, he hit me well, with you, a snowball, so I punched him in the face right-handed, twice. You're right-handed, right? Yeah. You're going to lead with your left. 
I, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. And well, you were just doing it. You were probably, you, what would probably happen is that you'd watch enough boxing where you just intuitively knew that you were leading with your left. I need to jab first. You need to I got to cover jab. with my right? Is that you what's going jabbing. on? Well, you're Adam getting, Van Epperen had it coming, though. You're getting, me with you're, snowball. you're getting ready for the haymaker. Um, yeah, well, I can tell you that there's a bit of a, in the vigilante justice thing, it's, there's a bit of a rush there in the moment. Uh, we do have a question from a listener that says, what's a superhero salary? Um, <laughs> what did OJ do? Isn't that what OJ did in Vegas? Yeah, OJ did exactly the same thing. He just went to get his stuff back. And then he got in trouble. Then he went to prison. Like killing his, his ex-wife or his wife, ex-wife, wife, wife, killing his wife and her boyfriend, that was fine. Going and stealing his stuff back was not fine. So, I don't know. Uh, by the way, uh, the Redevelopment Authority today approving the master developer deal for the uh, d- development on Riverside North. Um, it's it's I think it's 65 acres in total, but the developable property, the, the size of the property they're actually going to develop is like 26 acres. Uh, it's an incentive-laden deal for wired properties. Uh, we'll have more on the story on our website at wisdomnews.com. Um, it's wired properties and an architect and an engineer. And when I say incentive laden, it really, they are the money that they're going to be earning is based on the valuation of the property. And if they don't hit $110 million, they don't get anything. Uh, the most that they can receive as a, as a fee of all of the fees and retainers and all that kind of stuff is about a million dollars. So it's, they the the developer does not buy the land. Uh, it the city retains ownership, I guess, until it's developed. Is my understanding. It's uh, as as I said before. I, I I can't believe that there's going to be a situation in which this this is not a tightly controlled process. That uh, yes, there's a master developer. Yes, that person will be managing the development of that property. Um, yes, the major decisions about the, you know, who else is involved in developing it because there's going to be a lot of developers involved. It is 26 acres on the river in the city of La Crosse. All of that is true, but there's no way that the city planning office and I don't know for the city council for that matter is going to let this thing go and let, uh, um, uh, just, uh, pretend essentially that, um, that they're not that concerned about what goes there. So we will keep you up to date on that. Again, look to our website at wisdomnews.com for more on that story. Uh, this is Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Hi, my name is Dave Cornell. I'm one of the owners at Fox Hollow Golf Course. When I think of Ultra, I think of the personal relationships I've had. Closing time. I'm Mitch Reynolds, Lacrosse Talk, PM and Wisdom. Thanks for riding along here this afternoon and this evening. This hour has been brought to you by Pearl Street Brewery and Lacrosse. Uh, don't forget to head over to RadioStuffStore.com and get the uh, deal of the week, really. Newey's Vogue on George Street sponsoring a trip to Miller Park. Brewers and Pirates, that's on Sunday. Bus leaves from out Alaska. Tailgate party, thanks to Premier Catering. Go to Miller Park and watch the Brewers beat up on the Pirates. Uh, again, that's happening on Sunday. Go to RadioStuffStore.com to get more information and purchase tickets for that. Should be a lot of fun. 
You get the the bus ride, the game ticket, the tailgate party, all of that from Premier Catering, Catering again, brought to you by Newey's Vogue on George Street. Thanks for taking part in this program. Really appreciate having a lacrosse fire chief Ken Gilliam in the studio with us today. That was good stuff. I like when he stops by. Uh, thanks to all of you. And most of all, thanks to my love to Anna. And we will talk tomorrow right here on Wisdom. Wisdom.